And I think two things ought to happen. One is we need to have a mindset change. We need to be more of an advocate of each other. The second thing that needs to happen is we need to create a culture where women are used to supporting each other. Welcome to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, DJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Today on the show, we are chatting about a couple of ways to support other women behind you and the psychology behind it with my new friend and now dear friend, Lillian Ajayi Ore. Welcome to Sup Babe, Lillian. How are you? Hi, Sup Babe. Excited to be here. I've been waiting for this moment for quite some time, so I'm (laughs) ready to get right into the topic. So thanks for having me, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on. I think it's a really true pleasure to talk to you today. I think that you have so much wisdom that you can share. Your story is unbelievable. I'll just give a little background on you so that our Sup Babe squad knows who we're talking to. Dr. Lillian is an award-winning speaker, humanitarian, and international women's advocate. She is also the founder of Global Connections for Women, GC4W, and it's a not-for-profit based in New York City that focuses on gender equality, women empowerment, and youth empowerment. Last but not least, she is a professor of global marketing and web analytics at NYU, I could keep going on about your accolades and awards, but I would rather you kind of fill in the picture for anything that I missed. I know you've obviously been in several most powerful women lists, Forbes lists. You've spoken all over the world, but is there anything else we should fill in there for the ladies? Yeah, I'm a mom and a wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a really awesome chick who throws cool events in New York. <laughs> You can't see it, but she just dropped a peace sign. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we can't wait to have Nicole at our upcoming event, which should be super fun. Yes, I would say we would get into that, but this will probably launch after this weekend. But I'm super (laughs) stoked for your event. Thank you so much for having me. And it's really cool to be able to kind of in the same week collaborate on each other's platforms. So this ended up working out amazingly. So obviously you're a professor, so you teach a couple nights a week, right? Yeah. And you have a son, so you're home with him a couple nights a week, which Mm -hmm. sounds pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But you said something about, you know, it taking you some time to wind down after work and needing to kind of slow down before you're able to go to bed. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? I found that so interesting. Yeah, no, it's so funny because I I said that to you because I was like, you know, Nicole, I'm sure you feel this way after like a gig. You know, you have all this hydrating, I guess, running through your veins and you have all this energy. I'm really passionate about what I do and love, I love being in the classroom. I love being responsible for the next generation of like smart thinkers and innovators and data analytics and data scientists and things like that. And so for me, it's like I get so charged up when I'm in the classroom and when working with my students and my husband knows when I come home, it's like I need that moment to just kind of come down from my natural high from teaching. And so last night I was watching Dynasty, for those of you who love Netflix like me, 
Um, <laughs> and I just discovered. I haven't it. seen it yet. It's a good one. Will you tell us a little about it? What's it about? Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's pretty much the life of a wealthy family, and you know, kind of building this empire and this dynasty, and the different challenges that come with being wealthy and dealing with people and family drama and things like that. But I think the show really does help kind of relaxes me and changes my mind to think about something else other than teaching and being a mom or, or even being an entrepreneur. But I could I could relate with some of the stories that they have on there. And so that is always going to be one of the shows, one of the things that I do to kind of relax when I come home and, and get off that high <laughs> energy that I'm on. Do you need to be by yourself when you do that? Because I have a hard time being around other people or else then I just like need a cocktail because I'm like, oh, so much going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my husband were on like this tea kind of cleanse or we're not drinking tea for a while. So typically mm-hmm. my quick fix is I come home, make a warm cup of green tea or Zen tea. And now that we're on this like, we're on this little break on teas, I have to now figure out other ways to kind of relax. So I think, you know, watching it. Wait, movie, so why are you on a tea cleanse though? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's one of those things where like, I think there's a lot of caffeine in it, even though they said, oh, this is discaffeinated. Yeah. And I drink a lot of tea because I just love the warmth. So just Mm -hmm. trying to kind of cleanse a little bit, cut back on certain things. I think being in quarantine makes you realize how much you consume and what particular things you consume. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, tea is good, but I think in increments, not in a lot of increments. It's just like you want to do something that's good for your body. And I think I can survive without having a cup of tea a couple of times a day. So I think I've kind of reduced it now <laughs> to just once a week. Um, and I think this show is like, wow. yeah, once a week tea and figuring other ways, like drink more water, you know, to feel mm-hmm. warm and do something else to feel warm inside. You can have hot water with lemon. That actually, I feel energized after that. I actually like cold water with lemon. Oh, okay. Well, that too. Yeah, that really but is. you said you wanted the warmth. Yeah, so I was trying I know, to give you some know, of the tea I know, experience. I know. Well, speaking of tea, let's get into it. Let's spill some tea here. So guys, what we really wanted to chat today, this actually came through the first time Lillian and I ever spoke. So I'll give a little backstory. I'm not even sure how, but uh, you know, years ago, I think you wound up on an email list of mine, probably at an event or something. Mm -hmm. And Lillian wrote me a note and she just said, hey, you know, you support women. I support women. I'd love to chat. When do you have time? And I was like, I always have time for that conversation. Let me know when I looked you up and I was like, whoa, oh my God, what a boss, babe. Need to talk to her stat. We got on this phone call and we chatted about the event that we're doing together on Saturday. And it was like an hour and 15 minutes into the conversation and I could talk to you all day. (laughs) And I was like, this is a podcast episode. So basically, it's kind of just that Lillian and I both very much believe in supporting other women and women's empowerment and bringing up the next gen, right? That's also what Sup Babe is about. That's what Global Connections for Women is about. And we started wondering, like, why is this a conversation that we have to have? Why is it hard? Why isn't this just a natural inclination for us to bring each other up from all different backgrounds, shapes, sizes, you know, educations, etc. Why is it that we separate ourselves, that we feel different, that we put people on different levels, right? And so we, we both did a little bit of research into that. But first, I think a really important part of this story is your backstory, your origin story, Lillian, how you became such a fierce fighter, if you will, for other women. So I was wondering if you could just take us back to like what built that fire in you? Where did it start? And 
what fueled it along the way. Yeah, no, it's so true. I think it's so funny how you can, I can always tell the story three different ways because three different actions mm -hmm. and, and life activities really contributed to me becoming this avid fighter for women, women empowerment, and just women connecting with women and women supporting women. I think yep. in, con in the context of what it is that we're talking about today, in addition to talking more about my journey and my organization, but also around women supporting women, I think one of the challenges that I faced as a young child growing up in Nigeria, where I was born, was the fact that back in those days, women were not as respected. You know, they were just kind of like the second class citizen. They didn't even have a sit at the table at the time. There was always a struggle of trying to balance life and work and and the sense of, you know, identity in terms of like, I, I too matter in my society. And I saw a lot of that. And my mom, you know, a front runner, um, she's always been a contributor, you know, like a contributor. She's always been a community woman. And she's always been, you know, the kind of woman that would always kind of galvanize the support around, let's support a woman, let's get more women involved. And, mm -hmm. and here are the things why. And she got, spot, you know, noticed by the first lady of our country at that time. So she was working with the governmental agency for quite some time. And so I saw like at a very young age, I mean, I was six years old and I, I knew that this dichotomy existed. And so I spent some time kind of trying to understand it and asking a lot of why growing up. And so my mom really did the best that she could. And so fast. So quick question there. Was that a job for her? Or was that just volunteer no, no, that work? Did she work? That was a job for her. Okay. Yeah. And the, what was the role? So her role was a special assistant to the deputy governor of Lagos State. And she was actually, okay. the deputy governor was actually a woman. So it was like, that was when I was much cool. a little older then, but that was when more women were coming into like political positions. So it was nice to see that my mom, who had been an advocate for getting more women involved, has now successfully got one woman to become the deputy governor of that state. And that was that was an accomplishment. I was so proud of my mom because I worked her over the years kind of doing that. So fast forward now to me as a young adult, you know, working in corporate America as head of analytics and um, marketing strategies for a number of businesses, Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies. And I remember this conversation would frighten you, uh, Nicole, maybe not because we've had our own, <laughs> we've kind of talked about some of our challenges. I remember I had this mentor who, you know, a woman, she was very successful. She's someone I admire. She like takes me to events, introduce me to people. I thought she was very proud of me. I mean, obviously you would do that for your mentee. And I remember when I told her that I was going to start Global Connections for Women and the things that she said mm -hmm. to me, my God, talk about fueling me to like want to do this and really succeed at doing this and forcing myself to always think of innovative and creative way to produce, you know, the things that we do with GCRW. She was like, you know, how dare you come up with global connection for women? You're a grain in the sand and like, this is bigger than you. And how dare you even think like you could start an organization? And I was just like, who are you? Who did you become? What happened to my mentor who is so supportive and so caring, who introduced me and who loved being around me and, and sharing some of my, you know, aspirational ideas with me. And I, she just, she just transformed into this queen bee that we'll talk about later on. And I just didn't understand it. And I remember leaving that meeting with her and coming home and, and just feeling a little down. And my mom was, she was actually yep. around then. She was like, you know, why are you so down? What happened to your meeting with your mentor? And I said, she just put me down. Like she just really 
pushed me over the fence and just made me feel really guilty about even wanting to do something to help women around the world and having this idea. My mom obviously kind of gave me a pep talk and she, she made me feel good. But even without even my mom giving my pep talk, my thing was like, wow, I've heard about these queen bee. I've heard about the lack of some women who yeah. don't have the inclination to want to support other women. And I didn't know that it even stems from someone I know who would just switch and not be as supportive. So this was when you were this in is the when US, I, though. This was, was like this literally, like... you know, nine years ago, Nicole, when I was kind okay. of like thinking about incubating the idea of GC4W. So very recently, this happened, obviously nine years ago, it's not recent, but in my mind, it feels very recent. No, it, it feels <laughs> recent and things like that, that sting oh like God, that, so you never forget that, right? The, the positive moments, we just let that roll off our back, like no big deal. And then the ones that really stung, oh, it's like so for whatever painful. reason, they feel I mean, like it's like, it's so funny how you know, there is a lot of, and this is one of the reasons why when I think about GC4W, I understand the woman who needs the GC4W support. I understand what we now mm -hmm. call the GC4W spirit, what we mean to other women and what we bring to other women, because those were the things that I desired at that moment. I was like, where is the woman who supported me? Where are the women who I can count on? And I think creating GC4W has actually put me in line with meaning these incredible women, including you, DJ Rose, Nicole. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm so happy. <laughs> and so, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you want to position yourself to attract the people that you want to be able to do great things with and support women and change yeah. that paradigm, that thinking of women are not supposed to be supporting each other and do find ways to support women, you know? And so I'm, it's no surprise that we have a GC Photo Entrepreneurship Program where we incubate women who are trying yes. to scale their business, who are trying to improve their business leadership skills, who want to learn how to do different their business differently. We've all, we set all of that up because I'm like, I remember when I started and the people that I, well, the person that I leaned on that would be my springboard for success wasn't there for me. And thank God I had family and thank God I had really supportive friends who championed my cause and made me not give up. Right. Now imagine all of these women who dealt with situations like that when they expect women to support women and they don't find that. What is that? I mean, what does their future look like for them? Because some of them don't have natural champions right and some of them don't have supportive parents of very course. true you, know, I think you and i are, are lucky and so you know this is a funny i don't know if we've talked about this but i do see like a bit of a parallel between your and my upbringing obviously on different continents you know obviously from different backgrounds probably different religions whatever but my mother was very fierce at the time you know she grew up in an italian immigrant right. household where you know they came here with nothing my grandpa worked very hard and he built a business that ended up being successful, but my mother was not allowed to go to medical mm -hmm. school. They wanted her to be a nurse. They were so embarrassed that she wanted to be a doctor. That was not something that they could have fathomed at the time. Even my grandma was just so confused by it. And so she took out the loans and she did it on her own. And now she's one of the most successful members of her family of six. And she's the health advocate wow. for everybody, That's right? So, like, you know, she's in charge of everybody's health. But that story, you know, I heard that. And even my father would remind me growing up how strong my mother was, how much she fought for her right to be educated, to help others. And I never forgot that. So I just grew up thinking that's what you had to do. That's honor as a woman is fighting for progress. And for me, I, it's a little different. It's not, you know, helping people in a physical sense, but maybe helping people in a mental sense. So it took me a while to kind of 
learn that difference, but she's always been a supporter of, of me building my own yeah. path too. And it's so sense. funny. I have to ask my mom because my mother also had aspiration of becoming a doctor. And I don't know what happened to that idea. Oh, I cool. have to follow up on that story. But I admire your mom. I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why our event this weekend is themed around, you know, celebrating women with resilience because sometimes you walk into a space where there are a lot of opposition and, and you have to kind of adjust your mindset to be like, you know what, even with the opposition, I'm going to just push forward and get this done because there are so many other people that are going to benefit from you deciding wholeheartedly that you want to go on this path. And I think that for yeah, me has always been my biggest motivation is that if I don't do this, what about the women who are supposed to benefit from this? What about the, the girls who are supposed to benefit on my decision to go on this path? You know, deciding to be a teacher and, and being, you know, celebrated at NYU as innovative faculty, deciding to go get my doctorate in education so that I could be more effective in the classroom. All of these decisions had benefactors attached to them, right? And GC4W also benefit from the fact that I am a doctorate, you know, like do have a doctorate in education. And so I think what people don't understand is when you choose not to help women or when you choose not to help people, you are depriving of them of helping other people because you're teaching them that they shouldn't help out. So that, so I don't know what happened to my mentor and the people who supported her. Wait, hold on, hold on. That's an amazing <laughs> point. I just want to drive that home. So I never thought about it like that, but this is probably one of the core beliefs of your non-for-profit mm -hmm. that if you say no to helping one person, your that ripple effect is actually far greater because that person then doesn't have the knowledge to share with the 10 people who might share with another 10 people. Mm -hmm. Your action is actually more impactful. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. That's a great point. I never thought about that. And it's so funny. It brings me to the next point that I was making. And this is so valid because that's why, you know, our community site is called the GC4W Circle Network. Because I think, mm -hmm. you know, my husband always coined it well. I love how he says this. He says, everything you need is in your circle. And so sometimes you cool. have to kind of look inwardly and say, who are in my circle and what, where, who are they connected to and how can I get the support or how can I be of service to them? Sometimes I get, you know, women come to me who are more professional and older and they're like, how can I help? And I said, sometimes you have to look outside of your circle too, to help. So it's like connecting your circle to other circle and just keeping the world going round and round as it's supposed to be. Right. And so Long story short, I think that we have a responsibility to make, especially us as women, this journey, this fight for gender equality is, is going to require a collective effort and a collective mm -hmm. mindset. So that way we can really, really achieve this goal in due time. And I think two things ought to happen. One is we need to have a mindset change. We need to be more of an advocate of each other. The second thing that needs to happen is we need to create a culture where women are used to supporting each other. No more Queen B. You know, I think there was also a theory that you kind of shared an article with me that was written by Forbes. Yeah. And I think all of that, we have to kind of let go of those, I guess, historical themes around, you know, the mindset of women helping women. If we can get rid of those, if we can vacate those ideologies, those false presences, we can live in a world where women do actually support one another. And if you think about the recent political election in America, we actually got more women in the seats, like one woman in 
Congress, more women in Senate mm -hmm. as a result of the and fact that- And hopefully we're about to have a female <laughs> VP. <laughs> and, <Fingers crossed. laughs> and so it's, it's just one of those things where what, one thing we're realizing is that we have to support one another. We have to unite. We have to make this mission our mission. This is not a Nicole mission. Not This is not a Lillian yep. mission. This is not you know someone else's mission. This is an all women. It's not about glorifying any individual. It's about the collective energy and the things that we can all build yeah. as a group, right? Yeah. That's a really great point. I mean, you kind of jumped ahead there, but it's actually a perfect place for us to go right now. So what I wanted to really talk about between you and me is three easy steps that we can all do within ourselves to support other women, right? Because we always like to leave our listeners with something active mm -hmm. that they can implement today to start kind of improving their their daily life experience. So what you said there is very interesting. So number one, you said mindset change. Mm -hmm. So do you want to elaborate on that a little? I think I know what you mean, but I want to build this together. Absolutely. And I can't wait to hear some of yours as well. I mean, mindset change is that, you know, sometimes too, we come into a situation, I'm reading a book called The Art of Connection. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes we also have to self-correct our mindset to be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't think you're going to help me. So I'm just going to ask you anyway. Don't talk like that. You know what I mean? Right. Set the expectation be like, hey, Nicole, I would love your help on this. We have to be able to correct our mindset around what we already know that exists. Like, oh, women don't help. each. Women do help each other. There are women yeah. out there who would go and support you no matter what. I have those women in my life. I'm that woman in other people's life. And I, I look forward to meeting some of your listeners as well. Reach out to me, gc4women.org. And I'll see what I can do to help you as well. So that mindset change of, you know, one, we also need to change our mindset around how we support other women and try not to be the one to be a roadblock, be like, oh, no, you can't do this and berate someone because you want to encapsulate this idea of queen bee attitude. That's not going to get anybody far. And so it actually hurts your so brand. You totally 100% agree with you. It actually devalues your own brand, but that's not the reason not to do it. But what you're saying there is what I also agree with. And I think just to take that, you know, set positive expectations, but also a step further, we have to be aware of the energy that we're giving off. If yeah. we're giving off unwelcoming energy, haterade energy, if we're giving off bad vibes, we're not going to get that in return from other women because the ones that are truly looking to connect are seeking warm energy and they're going to look for other avenues, right? You felt mm -hmm. that you could reach out to me because of the energy that I put out about loving other women, supporting other women, not being scared that the pie is too small, that mm -hmm. if I shout out another DJ or another podcast or all of a sudden I'm canceled, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think you knew that we were on the same plane, you know, in terms of yeah. energy. And I think it's really important to just, you know, but look, we all have bad days. I have had insecure days. I'm sure you, even with the million degrees Absolutely. that you have <laughs> and the million <laughs> accolades have had a bad day where you're just questioning your worth, your value. And those are the days where it's like, you know, maybe try to not go to an event then and network if you're really not in the space or do yeah. a meditation and try to get back to the space. Because like you said, it is about the mindset. And so what mm. I would say on that point, and, and so we're, our point is very similar, right? It's still under mindset, but it's recognize when you're feeling some type of way. We all know that we can feel a little off, that we can feel a little jealous. Have you mm -hmm. scrolled Instagram? Because I've had a moment, <laughs> right, where I have been like, 
oh my God, why do I not look like Emily D. Donato? You know, or like, whoever, <laughs> you know, whoever you're following, you have that moment where you're just like, why don't I have that house? Or why don't mm-hmm. I have that bag? Or why don't I have those brows? You know what I mean? mm-hmm. Oh, those lashes. <laughs> yeah, those lashes. God, I miss fake lashes. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like even just that little check where you can check yourself and say, it's okay. I'm happy for her. <laughs> you yeah. know, I wish yeah. her well. I don't need that. I'm good with me. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the best quotes that I read from Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, you oh, know, yeah. she said, you know, I love how she said it. And she, she talked about her insecurity. She said, you know, I feel insecure sometimes and it's because I'm still becoming every single one of us. As long as you have breath, you're still becoming. And there are certain human sensations, human instinct and human feelings that were or emotions even that we're supposed to emit. We just have to be mindful of them and control that energy because that energy does get transferred. You know, when I met Nicole, you and I had the same energy. I loved your energy. Heck, I was even reading your energy because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I told you were. that I was part of your community. And I, you know, I always love it when people meet me and they say, oh, Lillian, I just love your energy. And I, I, I love saying that to other people too. Like, I just love your energy. Check your energy. How yep. is my energy today? If your energy is not on point, go get a coffee eat, you know, have some ice cream, get your, you know, get your mindset and, and stay in control of your energy because it could, it could also affect how someone responds to you. For sure. And we actually did a whole episode on that. We called it vibe check yourself. <laughs> so oh, I love that. If people want to scroll down in the feed, you can learn more about how to vibe check yourself. <laughs> so, and then you said culture and I totally, I think there, what you mean is just let all these historical themes go. Don't have in your head that women don't support other women, that it's lonely at the top. All of these negative ideologies that are passed down, Mm -hmm. we need to just let that go, break the rule, be the exception to the rule if you need to be, but let those ideologies go. Absolutely. Okay, so those are our three tips. Mindset shift, check your energy, and let historical themes go. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. And be that woman, be that woman that supports a woman. I think, I think you said something about like, how do you, what questions should you ask yourself each morning? It's like, how am I supporting other women? That's the question you can ask yourself every day. How am I expecting people in my circle and people who are outside of my circle? I love that. I actually do think about that every day, but like, I don't know if that's normal. <laughs> like I've never, I think about it all the time. I love that. And I think if we all thought about that, imagine how much we'd all start our day off looking for opportunities to help rather than, mm-hmm. you know, ignore or, you know, worse hurt. And I think it's good fortune that other people are also thinking that way. And just imagine you now join the circle of other people thinking about how do I support other people? How do I support other women? And it doesn't have to be a woman. You know, it could be anyone. (laughs) Just be more supportive. And I think that supportive energy is something that we can all benefit from. It puts you in a good mood, (laughs) like almost right away. (laughs) It puts everybody in a good mood. It's good for your soul and it's good for other people's souls. And it will attract better souls to you if you believe in that. I do. So I think what I wanted to just touch on really quickly here with you too is I know we both read that same article in Forbes kind of about some theories for why women may not support other women. So now everybody knows what our three steps to supporting other women are. But the question is, why do you think that this isn't just innate in every woman that you meet or that I meet? Do you think it's 
our upbringing is was it our mother figures now i'm realizing we do have more in common than we even knew yeah so what's your theory on why this occurs i know i mean I, it's so funny i've done a lot of research on preparing for this because i'm like i want to be i don't want to i don't want to base this thinking of what i've experienced right the lack right. of that i've experienced and the then the women that i've experienced who are very supportive which is more than the few that aren't supportive and based on that Forbes story that I read, it's a couple of things. One is environmental, right? Sometimes women, when they're rising in their career, and I think Cheryl Steinberg and Adam Grant also wrote about this recently in a New York Times article around how when a woman is on the rise in her career, some women, not all women, they feel like they have to crush every woman on, in along the way. And that's a wrong mindset because they feel like there's only one spot for one great woman. At the top, when we're looking at what it looks like to be at the head of a Fortune 500 company or something, you maybe only you see one woman in a yeah. C-level position in the C-suite. So I guess that ingrains in our subconscious that we have to push others down if we want to be that one woman. Is that what you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's not, this is not a universal thinking, which is great. The ideology is not universal. It's only, there's only a couple of micro groups that really think like that. And I think that if that's your mentality, it becomes very lonely because then you don't have as many girlfriends and then you don't have as many support network of women. And I know that GC4W, we're really trying to fight against that because with the new membership model that we have within this GC4W Circle Network, I mean, we've set it up in a way that you're going to have proper mentors and your mentors are going to be females. And, and these mentors are going to have specific requirement by us because we've created a curriculum that supports the mentorship relationship so that everybody benefits from it. And so there's no need to feel like you need to crush someone because you're going to learn to think differently. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of times, too, it's also based on historical references so if your mom experienced it your mom will tell you as a child like women oh, are yeah. bad and if you if you keep hearing that growing up inherently you start to think like that you know and you start to see the world like that it's kind of like racism when someone says you know black people suck or things like that that is what everyone else like who's been you know who's been raised to think that black people are not supposed to be equal as they or black people are depriving them of an opportunity, we'll start to think like that. So I think it's a learned helplessness that exists in our society. And we have to do a lot of work to reverse that mindset because it's wrong. It's false thinking. There's enough spots. <laughs> it's kind of like we're all walking around wearing our childhoods on our sleeve yeah. too. You know, just like this was what I learned when I was a little kid. So now I believe it. I don't even know why I believe it because maybe it wasn't my experience that mm -hmm. women were mean to me or didn't help each other. Maybe that was my mother's experience. But now, after you believe something for so long, it just becomes a part of you, whether it's your experience or not, if that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely, yeah. And I just think that we need to do a better job at educating ourselves and educating you know, our, the next generation, even, you know, as women in front of the classrooms being very careful. I remember I did an article with the Harvard Business School Press, and we talked about the fact that we need to bring more women's stories into the classroom. So when you're doing case studies with your students, make sure that the references are from women CEOs so that women can, you know, other students in the classroom can see how their leadership conducts are. Smart. And they were right. You know, they're right about that. And I think there just needs to be more shining of example of 
how women are supporting. I love what you did with just like five, three tips that we could give around how we can support women better. And we really spend time breaking it down. And that's the kind of attitude that we need more of. And I think it's because, you know, for a long time, we haven't seen an equal 50-50 spread of women in leadership in corporate America and certain regions of the world. Politics. yeah. So it's like, it's just, it really makes it harder for women to feel like I have a position. So when you see that one shining individual who is just a female, you're like, oh no, she's so lucky. And so our mindset is there's only one vacant spot. So everyone's right. going to fight to kind of get that vacant spot. We go into a lack mindset as yeah. opposed to there's an abundance mindset where, I mean, I fully believe that the pie is big enough for all of us. I think that we'll, the cream rises to the top and that you'll you'll move up together. Right, but- and you move up together when you bring other people. Turn around and and be like, you know what? I shouldn't be the only female at this table. Mm-hmm. Let me create another seat for another female, and let that be, you know, the parallel that we kind of set as like the tone and say, hey guys, we want to get more women here because I'm here. And we see communities they do that for themselves. Where if you get someone a job, you see like you see all of their you know their their groups kind of take on the roles as well. We need to have the same mindset and just you know, turn around and, and open the door for the next person and the next person totally. open the door for the next person. And before you know it, there'll be more space. Yeah. I have a question for you about this. We sort of briefly chatted about this in an offline convo about the power dead even rule. So mm. the rule says just for anybody listening who hasn't heard of this, I hadn't heard of it either and did some digging before this chat so that we could be really informed. And the rule says for a healthy relationship to be possible between women, the self-esteem and power of one in the eyes of each woman must be similar in weight to the self-esteem and the power of the other. So it's kind of like a subconscious process that we go through where, you know, if the power balance is off between us, it's hard for our friendship to remain intact for us to support each other. What do you think? Have you seen that? I've seen that because again, it takes a strong woman to know that they can help other women, right? So if you think about it, if you're feeling insecure about yourself, I mean, how are you going to empower someone else when you don't feel empowered yourself? right? Right. So I've heard of that idea. I disagree with it because I think that we need to help women feel more good about themselves. And I think in helping others, you actually build your self-esteem. You know, like for sure. I think that's a little known fact. And sometimes I forget that, you know, when you're having an off day and you're like, could everybody stop bothering me (laughs) with everything they need from me right now? I'm literally just trying to get my own shit done. You know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about because you've had that day. But that that's the day that your mother has a meltdown. Your best friend has an issue with a client. Your whole team can't figure out. The dog is sick. (laughs) The team can't figure out how to do an Instagram. But I mean, they're just like, that's the day when everything goes haywire is the day when you're like, I'm already having a personal crisis. But like, I think we're supposed to be tested sometimes too, because that's where the growth moments come out of, right? They come out of those moments where we're like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) no, it's true. And it's so funny. It's always your off day that you get the, you get the biggest challenges where you have to still be 
kind. I mean, there are times when I'm very tired and I have a mentee that like reaches out and say, hey, you know, Dr. Lillian, can I have like five minutes of your attention? And, you know, I have a role to play in their lives and I have to quickly get my energy back up again so that I can be there for them. And I know that, I probably reached huh? after that. Don't you feel amazing? Like time. I type, feel great. Right. Exactly. That's the key. I feel great. If you can suck it great. up pull it together, help that person 10 minutes later, you feel like you're walking on the moon. It's like a, a it's new- contagious. Yeah. And every time yeah. that you pull it together and help somebody else, even especially when you were feeling low, you prove to yourself that you can do it, that you can go again. Like I've had to give, you know, talks before, moments after getting horrible news, you know, things like that. And But when you realize you can do it, that does actually loft you to a new level of confidence. In a way. Absolutely. I mean, think about teachers, right? I'm an mm -hmm. educator. Uh, I teach at NYU. And it's the same thing. It's like we have bad days and <laughs> bad days or not, you have to get in front of right. the class. And I know that my energy matters to my students. It's going to keep them engaged. It's going to get them encouraged. They feed off of my energy. Yeah. So I have to come and like readjust myself before I engage with them. I can go into I've never gone into a classroom where I'm moping. If something happened, if there's like a little argument, whatever, I leave it literally at the door or at the gate of the school and then walk into the classroom feeling refreshed. And then you actually forget that you had a bad day early. It's not like you yeah. you continue your bad day just because you just had a good moment. You're like, okay, now I can pick up that bad moment. No, your energy is set it and you just keep going. And then yeah. I feel like too, once you get out of it, that's when the breakthrough happens and you can shift your yeah. perspective and realize, oh, there's actually a not so complex solution to this. Here's a way to work past this issue or to amend this or whatever, you know, because when I'm sitting there moping in the moment or whatever of the problem, that's never when the breakthrough happens. It's all, you know what I mean? It's like, it almost just extends the issue, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And I like, you know, one thing I appreciate about you, Nicole, is like you have a solution mindset. And I honestly think that if we can have more people in our society who have a solution mindset, I always say that I have a solution mindset because I'm a data scientist. So yeah. by nature, I always come up with solutions. But I think that if we fight it, fight that sensation, fight that, you know, I always say to the people that I mentor who have low self-esteem and say that no self-esteem is actually a negative energy. So you want things that are positive around you. You want to feel things that are positive. Yeah. So you may want to do the opposite and say like, you know what? I feel good about myself. And if you don't feel confident about certain things, you should ask yourself, what is it about that thing that makes me feel uncomfortable or incompetent? And work towards like achieving that. Work towards changing your mindset around that. And I always say to people that success is when preparation means opportunity. Like, yeah. how are you prepared? You know, is this a great opportunity for you? Maybe that's why you feel insecure. And I think we hide our insecurities. I mean, I feel insecure sometimes. And I always have to figure out why do I feel insecure about this particular activity and then go find out. And then before you know it, I subvert that insecure feeling. And now I'm doing what I was afraid of in the first place. But the fact that you make it a point and it's funny because when I'm in my highest self, when I'm operating at my best, I do the same thing where I recognize if a negative emotion comes in mm -hmm. and I say to myself, why are you feeling this? What are you nervous about? How can you turn this into an opportunity? And that process is almost subconscious. And maybe that is because I think with a solution mindset, I've always like considered mm -hmm. myself a problem solver. And I mean, yeah. you and I are both marketers at the end of the day, right? So that you know, you, you're usually just putting out fires or solving problems, right? So, or entrepreneurs, right? That's what you're ingrained to do. But 
I think the fact that you do that naturally too is beautiful. And I hope that people listening will DM us and ask us more questions if they want to know more. Maybe that's a whole other episode and we can have you back. Yeah, I would love to. That would be amazing. So for today, we're coming near the end of our time, but I want to make sure that you let everybody know where they can find you and where they can learn more information about the entrepreneur program where you're helping, you know, up and coming female entrepreneurs at GC for W. So give us, give us the, all the details. Of course, Nicole, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. This conversation is always something that excites me. You can find all things about me and GC4W on gc4women.org. And um, write us, email us, talk to us on social media. And we'll Instagram? Be happy to respond. Instagram, we are at at sign gc4women. Perfect. I already follow you, but just want to make sure that everybody else who's interested in getting involved knows where to find you. All right, ladies. Thank you so much, Dr. Lillian. This was amazing. Ladies, we hope that this conversation inspired you, you know, made you rethink some of the ways that you're thinking about supporting others or gave you one little piece of advice that you can bring into your daily life. If you loved what you heard today, please hit subscribe, leave us five stars. If you have a moment to write a little review, we would be oh so grateful. You can add us on Instagram at DJ Nicole Rose and at Sup Babe Pod. We hope we've brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays and Wednesdays to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for living your best life. XOXO.